All right, welcome to Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Elaine. I'm Scoop Magoo. And um, we've got uh, an interesting episode. Uh, we're slowly turning into a book club, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounds like I have, I'm reticent about it, but I'm, I'm very not. Uh, anyway, but we're still about the music. Um, you know, so we, a few weeks ago, uh, we had a CD by our first in a long time. Thank you, COVID. Um, <laughs> and uh, you, you bought, uh, Scott bought the uh, Weekend's uh, trilogy, uh, his his original mixtapes that sort of you know started off his career yeah um and you know we had never really talked about um uh, those before uh and i think yeah, you've never really owned them either right yeah it's something that i i wanted to do for a pretty long time honestly i, yeah. I you know uh i loved the original mixtapes obviously you know the way that they were released there was no way to buy them physically for um I thought for a little while, I don't know, I, don't, I didn't see it in stores for a long time, but I guess that they released it on in 2012. I don't know if that was just digitally they released it as a package or, or whatnot, but um, I mean, I, I spun the hell out of them, you know, on, I think, Spotify or, or I still had iTunes. So for a long time, I couldn't, you know, uh, usually it's like 20 bucks and I, 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 it felt weird spending money on something that you could get for free, but at, at the same time, mm. uh, I just, I don't listen to music digitally anyway obviously other than streaming um but i was really glad to finally buy it because um it's pretty cool packaging i like the way it's laid out uh, oh yeah also I, I love the packaging of this thing yeah and also each of them has uh, a bonus track which i'm yeah. excited to talk about those specifically when we dive into the mixtapes but um yeah i mean can, can we just talk about the packaging really quick because sure. like for the trilogy because i i just like I love the way this thing is laid out and just made. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love how the CD, like the disc holders, are like octagons. Yeah, um, which is it's such a strange thing to kind of uh, point out, but it, it I don't know. It's it, it's just a cool like it's just a very it's like simple packaging. You know, everything all the discs look the same except for you know the actual like you know label um right near the center of the disc Mm -hmm. uh and then like there are there's liner notes for each one underneath this uh the cd um it's like because the whole thing is like a digit pack kind of and i don't know if you notice this but if you look underneath the disc it has the uh the, the the like uh main colors yeah it's like 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 a um yeah i'm not sure what design I, I don't know, but well, I mean, I, yeah. I guess it's like a uh, like a palette, but yeah. it's yeah. like each of those are on the original mixtape album covers, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was just a really cool touch to everything, and just yeah, it was just a really, really well packaged uh, deal. Um, I, I know, like this was my first experience of the weekend. Like, I don't know if I really bought, like I don't or I, I don't know if I really listened to any of his stuff uh, before. I think I just bought this thing and just went with it um and i've never looked back <laughs> yeah and it's it's definitely interesting to um because i haven't listened to any of these for quite a while and mm. certainly 
his career has has taken off it, you know, significantly. It's since. amazing because the Wikipedia says this thing came out in 2011, or at least like House of Balloons did. Mm-hmm. So he's basically managed to make himself like just an absolute superstar in a in a decade. Yeah, like, exactly. And, which and it's just so it's, insane. It's crazy because I remember when when this first came out. I mean, obviously people knew it was a you know was a dude singing, but he he didn't really. Um, I think early press fo- like press photos or appearances, or whatever. He didn't really show his face that much. People were, were thinking maybe it was like a was a group, and you know he just happened to be the the the, the singer. But it was you know other people involved. Um, you know it was it was kind of a little bit murky. And now obviously he's a, you know is a huge he's, he's a persona. motherfucking star boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I still, even though I mean obviously the 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 singles that he's released over you know. Um, I can't feel my face being the first one that really started to um, to bring yeah. some notoriety to him and, and frame him as a you know from an underground or like you know indie R and B star to the pop star he is today. Um, but I have I have a huge soft spot for these original mixtapes just because they hit me at the exact right time in, in college. You know I loved the the hazy laid back production. I loved mm. his his singing. It just it was the exact style of music i was into you know at that time the fact it was free the fact that it was uh um kind of had a theme to it i mean it was kind of kind of cool the idea of releasing three separate mixtapes which more or less fit the same theme but have their own identity in a way yeah uh, i i, I do cool. like that I, I love how they all each had their own really significant style to them which we'll, we'll yeah. get to in a little bit you know now that i'm thinking about this 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 was like kind of like my first real like foray into like r&b music and like you know like pop or at least like more contemporary mm-hmm. uh r&b and pop because you know like i i knew about, I, like i think i i might have had aretha franklin's uh lady soul before this but i'm not entirely sure um but yeah like, like the, this was like you know the first time that i kind of like came out of like my my metal cased bunker you know, and, uh, you know, what wiped, wiped off my corpse paint and, you know, listened to something else. (laughs) Uh, it was, it was really, it was really cool. Uh, so let's just dive in. Uh, we're going to spend 10 minutes on each. Uh, let's talk about house of balloons. So, um, I, I, you said that this was your favorite of the three. Um, I think, you know what, let's put a pin in that because, okay. Uh, all I'll say is going into, this episode, yes, my, my my thought process was that House of Balloons was my favorite, um, and I think it's interesting that uh, I guess I'll I'll preview this thought now because it, it it makes more sense as a conversation later. But part of me th- thinks maybe it's just that you know by virtue that this was released first. I actually wrote down the date. So House of Balloons came out in March, Thursday came out in August, and Echoes of Silence came out in December, all in twenty eleven. Um, so obviously, you know, Echoes of Silence coming out in December, that more or less discredited it from Year Endless, because usually they're coming out, you know, in November at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think back then still, you know, December releases more or less forgotten. Um, but Thursday, I think, got some some minor appeal, but um, still, I wonder if just the fact this came out first, this is his first introduction to the scene, that's why it, it garnered as much acclaim as it did. It was the one one mixtape of the bunch to really land high on on critics' year endless, um, but yeah, this uh, th- this really came to my attention 
Uh, I think late senior year, early, or, you know, kind of the, the tail end of freshman year, I was getting really, really into um, into what he was doing on this. Mm. Specifically, the, the way that he kind of took the production styles of hip hop that I was appreciating at the time. You know, a, a lot of the, I'm thinking like ASAP Rocky, Drake, like a lot of the very hazy, you know, like washy synth pads, like that kind of production style where it was the beat more or less just hung in the background. There wasn't necessarily like a specific, um, like when you think of like classic R&B, you have like a very specific, you know, bass line or a horn line yeah. or whatever. And obviously there's memorable moments on these beats, but really they're meant to create a vibe. And then, you know, obviously um, his vocals are, you know, they're vulnerable, but powerful. And just in general, they're just very beautiful to listen to mm. but then he's presenting some very um i kind of describe him as what drake wishes he could be because i think <laughs> you know what um i always forget his last name but is abel yeah um, abel Tesfay. yeah Tesfay. what he essentially is trying to paint like a really honest and self-deprecating portrait of of like a like a party animal you know, which he's obviously delved in from many different angles over his career. Um, but what I love about in these initial trilogies and you know several songs in House of Balloons is it just he embraces it wholeheartedly and it's consistent throughout. He just he doesn't vary from that. Like I feel like Drake tries to be too many different things. Like he's too much of a chameleon. Like he has yeah. like his R and B stuff is very much I'm trying to be the weekend. But then he does a lot of other things stylistically that almost contradicted or just add like a you know kind of harm that not harm but you know like muddy that co that context so i feel like this just kind of was exactly what i was looking for i mean i i loved a drake in, in high school but i wish that he would just stop rapping and start making r&b album and then lo and behold here comes the weekend and he basically yeah. did exactly what i was looking for um and i mean the the, the first run of this um you know high for this and what you need in particular I, mean, I love what you need like of 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 all of the all the tracks and all these albums i think i listen to that one two punch more than any other just because you know i play this mix it the most and i love the way that those two tracks flow together um what you need in particular is is just so yeah so like great. The, that that was like i i i he still hasn't made a track quite like what you need but i, I think that's I don't know, it, it's funny because I think that that's probably his most like uh, traditional almost track like it it feels like it's like the most R and B ish like you know just like like it has like that simple beat and just like it's kind of like kind of dreamy like but it isn't like totally sort of off the edge you know like I unlike you know the next track you know where it's just like completely you know I. Uh, going with like that awesome awesome riff in house mm -hmm. of balloons and how it kind of breaks down into glass table girls and just like yeah I, it's yeah i you know so um for a long time this was actually my least favorite of uh the trilogy but after listening to it again i, I really love this thing like i like every track really hit me in just like the perfect way um just the production on every track is just you know perfectly done um i i love sort of the way 
um, the process is vocal sometimes. Like, what you need is probably the most um, obvious example in this. Mm-hmm. Just in that, like, you know, you, you you have, like, a lot of, like, filtering on his voice. Like, it's kind of, like, in the background almost. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like he's almost, like, whispering to you in a way. And, um, you know, it's, it's just cool to sort of see that he's, you know, sort of... That, that it's, it like, sort of we've moved beyond, like, Marvin Gaye crooning, you know, with, like, a bunch of strings in the background. Mm-hmm. You know? And not, not to say that that's bad. It's just that, like, it's it's really cool to see someone sort of take this in a different direction you know and you know as opposed to like you know uh i mean <laughs> genuine's pony comes to mind <laughs> kind of just like you know you you got the sick ass beat and you got the guy just crooning on top of it you know he, he's he's like we're starting to mess around a little bit mm-hmm. um and it, it's funny because wicked games uh which is probably i don't know what one of probably the breakout track from this thing um overall um, I used to really not like that track, um, but I really enjoyed it this time. You know, even like I think on previous listens, I always felt like it kind of, um, you know, it 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 had a kind of a rough second half. Like it didn't have the same power that the first half did. But I really disagree this time around. Like it really uh, kind of just came together really well. Um, I yeah, really. There's there's not much you know um, negatively like that that I can really say because like even I remember uh, like the final like the bonus track twenty eight um, like I didn't care for like any of the bonus tracks for a long time because I was just like this thing is like 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 just just end the album please kind of mm-hmm. uh, but I I I really enjoyed them all this time so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I will say I do think the for me the latter half of the the mixtape, um, it's a, a little bit of a lull. I think it maybe yeah. it's just because of how fond I feel about the the first half, and also something I noticed throughout just in re-listening is um, the the two. The, I think each each mixtape has a two part track. I think Thursday specifically has them you know called out as. You know, part one and part two separate tracks, but they're on Echo Silence and House of Balloons. There, you know, there's a yeah. beat switch, and I love the beat switch on the title track in the Glass Table Girls. But then I don't really love the. I think Glass Table's meanders a little bit. I don't really yeah. love the hook, but I really I do love the the beat switch. Um, but yeah, I think the reason that House of Balloons slipped a little bit in the rankings for me is. Um, the latter half just uh, specifically around I think around the party and the after party and coming down are when it starts to lull a bit for me and I actually really love 28 um, yeah. I, uh, I I kind of this is the case for all of the bonus tracks I'm a little surprised they didn't make the cut although I am curious if they were recorded later and then added on if that makes like if yeah, after, yeah, after the mixtapes were recorded, then they you know he recorded a few, you know a few bonus tracks. Um, although the, I think they did fit the like they fit each mixtape like they they felt like a bonus track for, you know kind of a, a an outtake for each mixtape. So yeah, um, I you know when you talk about sort of that um, like the second half being a little weaker, I I almost want to say that that's it it's like purposefully that way. Because like you know coming down like like what I think is it 
I think it's the, it could be the party and the after party are coming down. I don't know, but the, the the one that has like that that guitar lick that keeps repeating, that mm-hmm. has like that really woozy kind of lick going on. Mm-hmm. I it just like the whole thing reminds me of just like you know it, it's sort of like a party and then sort of the after party and just I mean coming down. You, you see what I mean? Like oh yeah, I, I so, thought um, I thought thematically. Uh, this was actually really, uh, which it's interesting because when you listen to some of the lyrics, they're a little, um, little on the nose, a little, yeah, a little. Um, I don't want to say vulgar, but a little graphic or just kind of a little <laughs> lacking in subtlety. But th- like you said, there's absolutely, um, absolutely some some you know thematic thought here. Like you're totally right. I think just from like a a listing perspective, it's a bit of a lull. But in terms of what he's trying to convey, uh, I mean, it's just it fits perfectly. Um. So yeah, yeah. All right, but well, we're, think, we're at uh, we're we're over ten minutes now. Yeah. So uh, let's. As, oh. a tran- as a transition, I will say the reason that um, I this knocked down a peg for me wasn't just because you know I realized that I liked the, la- the first half better than the second half. It was also because of re-listening to Thursday for the first time. Yeah. In a so while. Uh, I'm starting the timer for Thursday now. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, which is probably my favorite still. Um, you know, God, I like this is one of those like albums. I mean, I, I'm calling it an album. I don't care if it's considered a mixtape. Um, that just like you know, from the very get go until the very end, just really has me hooked. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think really the only track that I can think of that might kind of like you know isn't my favorite is like uh, uh, the second part of the birds. Uh, just because it, it feels a little um, unnecessary, almost like he he's just riffing off of the birds part one kind of yeah. Um, but like you know, gone. Even though like gone has its has its moments, it probably shouldn't be as long as it is. Still, really great track. Rolling Stone is a personal favorite of mine. Um, but like the first half of this thing, I mean, Lonely Star is amazing. Uh, you know, just God, I, I like it's just like you know, I, I like actually when I had each album of this on, like I, I would just turn it up more and more <laughs> as as it went on because I just I just freaking love these things so much. Uh, but like the title track Thursday is is great. The zone, I you know, is probably the only thing that has Drake on it that I've actually liked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I love I love his his uh, his bars in it, you know, and I like the 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 drum beats, especially for Thursday and the Zone, are really cool. Just like and how like not traditionally R and B they are, you know how it uh, it has like this odd groove to it that like still works despite how how kind of out there it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that was my uh, oddly enough. I think it was just because, I mean, I knew I knew I just from memory I listened to House of Blooms the most out of the three of these by far, um, and I think I thought Echoes of Silence came in second because uh, I was drawn to the the Dirty Diana cover, mm. um, which I still think is is great, and we'll get there obviously. Yeah. Um, but I thought, oh, I don't remember listening to Thursday that much. 
And then I put it on, and I remember like all of these songs vividly. I have no idea what like what part of my memory failed in preparation for this, like or like as I was preparing for this, because like literally every single song I distinctly remember listening to and enjoying back in the day, and then listening to it now, I was like, this is probably more consistent. Like I, I still think it's one of those moments where I think House of Balloons probably has higher highs. Like I think like the the moments on that mixtape I enjoy I probably enjoy more um, on a case by case basis than Thursday, but um, definitely from a tr- you know, track by track altogether, I think Thursday is probably the my favorite of the bunch. They're mm. just I mean again I could just list you know Lonely Star, excellent you know Life of the Party, um, I love it has like almost like a like a fucked up carnival inspired beat like yeah they, they totally distorted like a merry-go-round and it's like deceptively dark you know the title track is is amazing just such a spacey atmospheric beat that perfectly complements abel's you know kind of moaning delivery um the drake feature i found the drake his features kind of work more than like when he in short verse drake um i like kind of the his tone and delivery. It's just that when, mm. when he has to carry a project by himself, it starts to go off the rails. Uh, I totally agree, and this is what I mentioned earlier, that uh, part two of The Birds is really meandering and way too long. I'm not really sure... Mm. I'm not really sure why. Like, I think if it was much shorter, then that would have been fine, but it's like six minutes. And I was like, why... Why Why are you riffing this long? <laughs> because, like, like it's kind of cool like to have that, like, kinda, you know, slow you know or like uh um reprise in a way or just kind of like a cap off but it's just it's way too long um yeah and and yeah i mean again just every single track i I was uh i was reminded of how great it is i I feel like it's a little bit um i don't know it it kind of if i'm going by the themes yeah house of balloons kind of felt like uh a true blue like Heart of the heart of the weekend kind of party album, and Thursday did feel like like a a bright because Thirsty Thursday, which obviously is what this is referencing, it's just it's kind of a goofy midweek like you know we still got one day to go, but let's just you have like fun. And I felt like this this had some of his you know some of the more fun creative eclectic ideas. How like Thurs Thursday is kind of a wild card. Like obviously everyone goes out Friday, everyone goes out Saturday to have a good time, but Thursday is kind of like you know what. You know, let's just fuck it. Like it's just like a, a fuck it day. So, and once again, Valerie, I thought it would have been a worthy addition to the track list, which it kind of leads me to believe that they probably all were recorded after the fact and then added on when they realized they were going to do a compilation. Because I, I have a hard time believing that the you know these tracks would have been left off the pro. I, I just I think they're really really good. Yeah. See, so. I I'm not totally sure because I I just like I feel like. I mean, if we're just talking in general with artists, I think it, it, it's really down to sort of the artist almost of like, you know, what you do with the scraps in a way, if there or if there even are scraps. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, like I, I actually Converge comes to mind how they released that EP uh, after the Dusk and Us that had like the entirety of what they like the rest of what they had done mm, with that true. session. Yeah, like but but not everybody does that. Yeah. Uh, but, th- but then again, you have like, you know, like the Smiths who have like, you know, different versions of the same song. Like mm-hmm. I, I had like Hatful of Hollow on the other day and like, 
you know, the uh, this charming man, like the version of that on Half of Hollow is very different from the de- uh, the debut version. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's just you know, y- you never know with with this type of stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's very true. It, it's um, it'd be interesting to know how many songs are left on the the cutting room floor for any particular album. Yeah, so, it, some some people like, come out and say that they wrote like in some cases like hundreds of, of songs yeah. or at least like ideas for songs or you, know, or, or you have like Radiohead who like you know have been working sometimes on songs for like you know upwards of decades yeah <laughs> so it's 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 such a it's such a mind like you know it's just uh, it, it, it's a dice roll for sure um, yeah I, I do want to just shout out to uh, just that that drum beat in the first part of the birds I, I like it's another instance of like a beat that shouldn't work but does. Uh, just you know, and th- th- that's just good production. Like you know, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Doc McKinney, who's kind of like the weekend's main producer. He's like Ben has his fingerprints over like everything. I think. Um, let me see. Uh, I mean, I I don't know if he was on the latest um, weekend album. But, like, you know, I, I feel like he owes um, at least a little bit, you know, of uh, Abel does to, you know, Doc McKinney for sort of, you know, helping him sort of forge that sound to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's actually on After Hours, which is interesting. Um, you, you know, you never know. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I just fucking great album. Uh, definitely my favorite out of these. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I went into this thinking, um, I, I would say actually pretty much just in, in sequence, you know, House of Bloom's favorite. Um, no, that's not how sequence works. House of Bloom's favorite and then Echoes of Silence and then Thursday. And that order has been totally jumbled and Thursday is definitely my, my favorite of the bunch yeah. now. Just a really, really great. And also my favorite cover of the bunch i just think yeah that's, it's a really really well designed um I I, well, I I i like how they all work together yeah like how they all have like that like uh when it comes to sort of the layout how it's it, like you always have that color palette and then you have like the title you know mm-hmm. but like you know the image is always below it mm-hmm. um but okay let's let's go on to um Echoes of Silence. Yes, indeed. Uh, which has always been a difficult one for me to get through. Um, mostly because I, th- like, I think similar to Hustle Balloons, I, I think that like the second half, and I guess Echoes of Silence, or sorry, Thursday, like the second half kind of pales in comparison to the first. Um, but, you know, similar to my experience with House of Balloons this time around, I really enjoyed uh, all of these again. Um, I can we talk about the Juicy J feature really quick though, Be, because, uh, <laughs> what was the fucking point? <laughs> it's actually it's what? really funny because I, I typed out um, a line, because it was getting right towards the end of the song 
Uh, this is during you know my first re-listen. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe that's a mistake. I was like, uh, did I miss the Juicy J feature? Because I was <laughs> nope. I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> no, type it up. <laughs> and then it came at the end, and I deleted that note and wrote. Also, shout out to Juicy J for a truly awful feature. <laughs> Well, like, it's, the thing is, it's, it's not really even a feature. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's a actually, total you know, waste it, of time. It, it, this kind of reminds me of, um, did you, do you remember Kendrick Lamar's feature on uh, Starboy? No, I, I don't. Yeah, actually. yeah. He has like this one uh, section that he's in that I'm just like, how does this even count as a feature? <laughs> like, yeah. It, like, Juicy is just, just like, oh yeah, like, like he just says something like really gross. Yeah. <laughs> And then the song ends, and it's just like, like, is is he just a, a friend of Abel's, or um, you know, like I I kind of want to know the story of like why he's on there. I I have no idea because it, it it added nothing. It, it actually, I would argue it detracted from yeah, the song. like it was <laughs> oh definitely because um, same old song is actually a very good song. Uh, you know, aside from like that last like fifteen twenty seconds. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't I really don't um, like honestly I would rather have had like a a like a really below average verse like a sh- like if he because tr- he wasn't even it wasn't even like he rhymed he just he just said like um some some vulgar like hype yes. man isms and it's like okay yeah that, and and that's just that's also not the type of artist the weekend is like it yeah just didn't, I, I, it didn't I mean feel- he he's he's vulgar in a completely different way <laughs> exactly it's not it's not like you know i could understand if it was after like a a drake song where he was rapping and, and suddenly juicy j came in like i mean it's, it still would have been dumb but at least it would have like worked at least yeah. it would have made sense um, but really though like th- that's pretty much my only complaint about this album uh about this you know mis- mixtape because i i think it's all like just remarkably done like you know i always i mean th- this is always the dark album Mm-hmm. sort of er, and i mean that like sort of just in the way that you know that sort of that drugginess to hear you know on the first two is just like emphasized very much here uh especially like like xo is is probably a, actually initiation is probably the biggest one for me that like initiation for me like is just like the ultimate fucked up party song mm-hmm. because it, it just it just remind like it just whenever i hear it i have this story that goes in my head of just like a party gone out of control mm-hmm. uh and it's just like in i like how they bring back that drake uh snippet like like they sample that feature and use it as part of the beat near the end um you know it's just that, that like the, there are a lot of really cool production choices on uh, echoes of silence especially like uh, i don't know if you could hear this in the fall but like when, when they were i I, I I think this is just like what like an aluminum bat, right? Mm. Uh, you know that uh, near the end it's like you know I ain't scared of the fall and like every so often you hear like that ping, mm-hmm. and like the, the that sounds very much like an aluminum bat to me. I I don't know what else to say. I can um, hear that. I'll re listen to it now and see. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like there, there's just some really cool um, ideas being thrown around. Uh, I will say though that I think as these albums go on, I feel like Abel gets less and less coherent lyrically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I remember reading somewhere that like he barely remembers recording Thursday because he was just baked out of his mind. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I, that's not surprising. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it, it does not detract from the album. Uh, it's just like, you know, I like if you notice the host in Initiation, like or XO slash the host in Initiation have almost the same lyrics. Um, you know, it's, oh, it's just like, yeah, little things like that. But I, we really need to talk about the uh, the opening track that covered Dirty Diana. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, I, I, I actually didn't know it was a Michael Jackson feature when I first listened to it so many years ago. Uh, because it was before I bought Bad, uh, which is on that album. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, Weekend does a great job with it. Like, I, I love how he, you know, he makes it his own. Uh, you know, he adds some really nice flourishes in places where, you know, the original didn't have them. I like mm-hmm. where, like, how you uh, sort of redid the beat, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a really, like, it was, um, you know, it, it, how to say it? Like, like it, it was, like, a dutiful cover, you know, but it also was, it, it's also very much its own thing. Yeah, I mean, I... This did end up being my least favorite of the bunch, um, <laughs> but I—I I, I mean, I think that Michael Jackson cover. I, I always had the sense, or I always got vibes on Michael Jackson, like a more subdued Michael Jackson. Um, and I mean, he—he—he—he he, he, he sounds very much like Michael Jackson. Yeah, like he has almost the same range. Exactly, but like when he really, you know, gets into the, you know, the the Michaelisms on that cover I mean, it's just it's it's, 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 it's beautiful um, yeah I, I mean honestly I don't think there were really many many moments on any of these mixtapes that I, I thought were bad but I, I did think that I felt like the first two were a bit more dynamic there was a little bit more variety um, I mean I, I appreciated the um, I mean this definitely was a very cohesive Mixtape, I, I did appreciate that, but there weren't as many songs that I. Here comes the sun is a good finisher, but or at least a well, it's a bonus track, I think, but it's still a really good track. Yeah, as well. I, I, you know, as in you know, you know, stop me for this one before, but yeah, the the, the bonus track was one of my favorites on here. You know, <laughs> kind of, um, but there weren't any moments I necessarily disliked. Uh, I, except I for think, the juicy J feature. Yeah, I mean that that yeah that, that was terrible. <laughs> Goes uh, without I will, saying. I will say once again the EXO and the host. Uh, I just felt like that was again it was it was too long and it wasn't you know it just didn't that like didn't work as well for me. But there were some really cool um, moments on here production wise. Like some of mm. some that I are probably some of my favorites on the three mixtapes. I, I I really love initiation. It has almost like a borderline trip-hop vibes I, yeah. I especially love the you know gratuitous use of different vocal effects um and there are multiple points in the song where he goes from you know from high to low like like his, yeah his i I, I think they yeah they, they like pitch shifted his vocals like for the entire thing but they put him on like like an lfo type of like yeah. cycle almost so, yeah, yeah so like as he's singing it goes from you know being really high to suddenly going really low and vice versa. It's, just, it's a really, really, um, really, really cool. Yeah, like it, it just it just adds to like the wooziness of that song. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it it just like it has like this. I don't. I always think of it as just like fu- really fucked up kind of. Um, I don't know. It's it, like like it just 
it always screams to me of like it, it's like a party where like you might accidentally find someone like shooting up in the bathroom yeah <laughs> and like but but like everybody's kind of okay with it <laughs> like it's it, it has like this really dark edge to it that i just i i fucking love um i yeah like like you said great some great production thing right some great production choices it's just like a lot of this album feels like kind of fragmentary sometimes um like it, it i mean if you because I, I i don't know where i've read this but i once heard that the trilogy you could think of as like the party the after party and the day after um and so i i if you think about it like that i i guess this kind of makes sense um and just how like you know the, there are just times it just feels kind of like um yeah like like, like fragmented almost Mm-hmm. Like it's in the prot, like it, like it's been destroyed a little bit, and now it's being like replayed for us. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really love this one. I, I think if, if I had to list them, you number them, I, I would actually probably go with the same one that you did. So, uh, I would do yeah. So, what Thursday, House of Balloons, and then Echoes. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah. I would probably put echoes probably like almost on the same level as has of balloons um because i i i still think there are some great moments on it and you know i i've still probably explored it the least out of all of them so i i really want to listen to it again i really want to listen to all of these again frankly (laughs) yeah i mean i i um you know house of balloons it was it was definitely um, it was nice to revisit, but I didn't really gain that much perspective, only just because of how much I've listened to it before. But I was especially glad to re-listen to Thursday, just because I mm. I don't know why I forgot how much I love it. I think it was because um, the highs weren't as high, you know, like you know what you need high for this, you know, mm. the title track, the songs didn't really reach that height. But just it's it's one of those, and I guess in the grand scheme of things, I I prefer. Um, an album that is more you know consistent throughout um i mean that that was kind of my why eventually i i moved away from deathcore to death metal is because i felt like i thought i liked deathcore more but i think it was just because like the really you know the highlights of, of really great breakdowns and stuff like that but when you listen to it as a whole it's really shallow not saying mm-hmm. that's the case with house of balloons but just that um i think that's why i prefer thursdays because i think it, it's really um, it's really thematically consistent, and there's there's really not a, a bad track on there. But I, I will say um, two points. One is is I love the Clam Casino production on uh, the Fall, mm. and it, it definitely rem- that. And what was the other moment I wrote down? Um, trying to find in my notes. There was another song. It might, it might have been that song, but I mean, there were a number of songs on here as well. Like this was definitely extraordinarily influential for the next wave of uh, cloud rap. You know, eventually trap, the alternative R and B. Just like what what he did, and, and um, uh, oh, uh, on uh, loft music, loft music off of House of Balloons, that mm-hmm. one. Like the way that he was kind of like sing rapping. That you heard that throughout the 2010s like just oh, so, yeah. you know he, he definitely put his mark early and often um 
with, with these three mixtapes and with a little bit of a, a, a pit stop with Kissland, which I think people kind of gloss over, but I remember, yeah, like, I, I remember liking it when it came out. I really want to listen to it again because I think I bought it and then I ended up selling it um, because I, I wasn't just a, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, it's, but I really do want to listen to it again because um, I remember like "Belong to the World" being really interesting and like mm-hmm. that they like he sampled like Portishead mm-hmm. on it and things like that. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, I I'm I'm really psyched to talk about our next thing. So uh, yeah. do you have any anything else you want to add before we move on? No, just was was really glad we did this, and, yeah. and uh, I'm excited to now that I've kind of spent time with these three. Um, to re- like like I said, re-listen to Kissland, and then I don't think I've listened to. Um, I think the the most recent one that we reviewed is the only recent uh, we can ah. uh, listen to in fall. Because ah, um, let's see, the other ones were um, Beauty Behind the Madness, which is still one of my favorites. Um, it was actually my favorite album of that year. I think it was 2015. Um, like I, I loved every track on that. Like even even the Ed Sheeran track, like. Yeah. <laughs> which which I think says a lot. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, he followed that up with Starboy, which um I the the title track is and and um Party Monster are pretty much the only tracks I like from that album. Um I ended up selling that actually because I was just yeah, I was just like this is just fine. And then After Hours is just fucking amazing. <laughs> um but we'll be talking about that in a couple weeks, hint hint. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in our CD buys episode, we uh, Scott bought uh, Uzumaki by Jinji Ito, which is a, it's like a horror manga, uh, one of my favorite books like ever, um, and I really wanted to talk about it because uh, this is a book that I don't get to talk about with a lot of people, uh, and it's like a very very dear to me. Like I have almost everything Jinji Ito has ever come out with that's been translated into English anyway um and I think it's all like just freaking amazing the the guy is just one of you know the most talented artists just ever frankly uh just the way he's able to draw just like fucked up things is it's just like but I, I think more impressive is is some of the stories he comes up with um, which, you know, I'll get, you know, Uzumaki is kind of like the crown jewel of all of this in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, and I think a testament as we'll, we'll get into, um, when we dive in, but just real quick, I wanted to say when, when you first it just summarize briefly, like elevator pitch, what this was about. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell is this a book? And how the oh, hell see, is it this big? Li- like, like, I, like I, I'm like, how is this not a book? Almost like, like, because the whole <laughs> thing is about it's, a, it's about a town obsessed by spirals. And for me, I'm like, that sounds cool as fuck. It don't. But, it, it sounded cool and weird, but also I was like, how, what even? That's just such a. That's yeah. The, the concept so, of a spiral is not something <laughs> you think of, but the, but the way that it translates. Okay, well, it, it's I, so oh wait, wait yeah. so, which um. Which David Lynch movie um, did you watch again? Was it Blue Velvet? Well, the meme was that you told me to watch Blue Velvet, and I yeah. I never have. Um, I, yeah, but I, I thought there was there was one movie of of his that that you did watch. Uh, I don't I don't recall honestly. Okay, I, I might I, uh, might, well, I might have I, slacked. Okay, well, first off, um, we're we're going to spoil the rest of Uzumaki right now. So uh, if you haven't read it and you don't want spoilers. 
don't listen. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, but uh, second, uh, because I, just based on that that concept, because Blue Velvet kind of starts off in a similar way that like the whole movie starts off with this kid finding a human ear, like a severed human ear, in the woods behind his house. And just like, and it's like this idyllic neighborhood and everything, and it just goes downhill from there. It's very like, it reminds me a lot of Uzumaki in that way. That it's just like, you know, you start off, and it's this girl who sees her boyfriend's dad, who's just staring at the snail shell, yeah. and then you know, his dad like finds the spiral in himself, <laughs> and it <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. So Scott, I, I really want to know your, your your thoughts on this thing first of all. Again, I, I mean, I, I know you. I don't know if you were um, joking or not. Maybe that's the way you put it. But like, I, I truly do think that the concept of this just sounded so weird on paper. <laughs> like, I just like as I was, I'm like, how does that? Because I'm trying to think of like. At first, I was I second guess myself. I'm like, am I th- like like spirals? Like you draw a spiral. Like I was maybe it had deeper meaning or something like that. And oh boy, did it. Because the way he was able to consistently, um, because this is a, you know what we read was a a compilation. Obviously, you know there were different. Well, it, it's um, th- this the thing is like it's technically one like continuous work. Like like it's it's a um, what do you call it? It's a serial work. Yeah, uh, but but uh, they were released separately. It it, it does right? well. Like the way it's written, like it almost feels like short stories that kind of get added up over time as opposed to like an actual like like coherent plot throughout the whole thing except for like the last few chapters yep um but yeah i i totally get what you mean but 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 that's what i found so fascinating because each um especially the first like the first spiral like the first um because each instance of the spiral throughout um throughout the you know the, the the story so to speak uh is is different is unique but the first yeah. one was like extraordinarily fucked up and extraordinarily I, graphic and just that, like that's the most fucked up one what what about the one with the with the pregnant women no well that's what i was going to say is that <laughs> yeah. once i read that i was like how where, where are we going from here like how yeah. do you like this is so bizarre where do you go from here unsettling. oh well you, you you have you have the widow stab her ears uh you know <laughs> yeah as, as, as one does exactly and just that that concept of the whole you know like the spiral of the eardrum and then um the the the, the cochlea yeah as it's, yeah. as it's called or whatever the, the ear Noob. ear whatever <laughs> um but the um and then eventually the town like becomes a spiral and you know obviously you said the snail um, yeah, oh, and then, snails. Oh, I love that chapter. That was, yeah, that was so, like, it just, it was, each chapter was, it was so cool. That, and this is why I like to wait. Um, I'm not really much of a, um, like, read comic by comic as a story evolves. Like, I, I, as much as I love comics and manga, like, I'm so impatient that, yeah. like, I'm, I'm really glad that I, you know, I was old enough to, by like Watchmen and V for Vendetta as just like books because mm-hmm. it, w- it would have like it would have killed me to have to wait to hear the next installment. But what I loved about how Uzumaki uh, unfolded is it felt like it did 
build and build and build even though you could enjoy I mean, I, I guess depending what your definition of enjoy is, but <laughs> you could experience each volume as its own, like unique fucked up story. But it, it did, it did, you know, build from there, and and just the way that the, the town fell apart and yeah. just totally disintegrated, and it, it, it's kind of crazy because it, it's like the the standard or like the the cliche horror horror movie trope where you know the i'm so bad with names the main the main guy with glasses the one the suichi yeah like why didn't why didn't they leave he yeah. was so right like why didn't you go but of, of course like as a reader you're glad that they didn't leave but you know why didn't everyone like you like it's it, it's so well it, because of kyrie like like she's just exactly. like oh it's all fine here and then you know the the fun you know then it gets too late, and they're like, "Fuck it, we can't go on." Apparently, <laughs> it's too late. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I especially loved that the, you know the multi his multifaceted approach to representing spirals and the idea of continuity and kind of endlessness uh, and how it resolved in the end of the fact that it was just like like a cyclical, vicious. So, yeah. like just a self-fulfilling prophecy i thought that was genius and throughout it's it's so it, it, yeah I, yeah it's, it's hard to find it just it was such a unique experience that you have those you know that concept of of you know time and and then in other aspects like for the the hair chapter um, yeah, you know where like you kind of get the spiral in terms of like hypnosis. That's just it's hypnot like the it's mesmerism. Such a, <laughs> it's such an interesting, fascinating um, device because again, I'm just hung up on the fact that when you hear that like oh it's based on spirals, you're just like, but what? Like <laughs> I just to me that's still just such a unique and weird thing that for him to piece together these unique storylines that are horrifying in their own unique ways that are, you know, lend themselves to, you know, story arcs that are, are different and compelling. Yeah. I mean, this, this was a, it's, it's funny. I, um, we actually pushed this episode a week cause I thought I needed more time to read it. And then I ended up just picking it up on the Saturday before, um, <laughs> we were going to record our next episode and finished it in like one day. Yeah, so we could have we could have talked about it. I just I I saw the book. Uh, I forgot how quick you know quickly I can read, you know, comics yeah. obviously. But it, it, oh, it just, yeah, they, they they go by fast. Uh, the one the one thing I will say, and this isn't necessarily a, a critique because of you know, just the the way it was presented, but the lost chapter um, mm. with the the you know the astrology the, the, whatever the, the spiral galaxy. Yeah. That was definitely the weakest, and again, you can't really criticize it because it wasn't yeah. actually in the book. But it's one of the, you know sometimes when you, you know, as we're talking about with the weekend, sometimes you hear like a bonus track or an outtake, you're like, "Wow, how come that didn't make it?" But then in this case, you read it and you're like, "Yeah, I I think that could have." Yeah, I can, I can kind of see why that didn't make. The look, track. this is one of my favorite things just ever. Uh, but I am willing to admit that it is not flawless. Like it, it definitely has its issues. But they're pretty few and far between, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, other than yeah. that, I don't. I don't have any. I don't think there was a single 
like uh, among the actual chapters i really don't think there was a single one that i disliked i i don't uh, so if we're getting on that what what were your favorites like what what were the ones that stuck out to you the most um <laughs> the uh, sorry i'm just trying to figure out which uh, which one to choose i mean the the hospital one was the most unsettling yeah. by yeah. far like that just was so because as you're as you're kind of getting a sense of where it's going um like what you know some some of the the context clues you're like i don't know i don't i don't think he's gonna show that, <laughs> yeah right? but, what, like, will he do it <laughs> yeah i was like i don't really think he's gonna show that i don't think that's where he's going and then you see the full you know, double page spread and you're like oh wow yeah we're we're doing <laughs> Junji this Ito, can he scare us yes he can <laughs> exactly and you're just like ooh, that's that's okay yeah um, oh yeah the, i mean the, like, like just like the thought of like children being like put back into the womb I is, know. is just like one of the most fucked up things i've ever come across uh and i mean i say this as someone who's watched like pasolini's 120 days of sodom um <laughs> which is one of the most disturbing just things just ever made mm-hmm. uh great film but just really fucked up um yeah there's so many great scenes in this thing i i think um i mean if we're talking about memorability i think that the the snail chapter Mm -hmm. always sticks out to me the most just because like snails are kind of freaky and you know ito manages to make it look even freakier yeah just like having like this kid just turn into a snail and just like the way they have to like like you know poke him off of the side of the school yeah exactly <laughs> and like how his parents don't even want him anymore like things like yeah. that that really got to me um but the the second chapter with uh suichi's mother being like haunted by spirals yeah. Yeah. that was pretty fucked up that, that that was like like seeing that panel where she's holding the scissors about to stab her ears yeah is like of like well like i remember just first reading that be like what it's just like all the um you know the cremations and just seeing like the faces appear in the smoke yeah was... and i will say that that was probably another um like top three top five yeah I, i'm just the, i'm the... just gonna just skim through really because i might i have my copy right here yeah. uh the lighthouse is, was interesting not one of my favorites um but still that interesting really cool yeah it was cool um but, but i, I... I love just real quick the the the, the idea or the device of uh, um, the, the the dad molding or sculpting with oh yeah with, the, with the, the, the clay from the clay uh, from, from the river the, yeah the, 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 from Dragonfly Pond <laughs> yeah where all the the ashes went that was because that was actually something that caught me off like I, for some reason that didn't occur to me and then once I once you kind of he mentioned that I was like oh that wow that's so cool. He's obsessed with really the art cool. of the spiral. <laughs> exactly. So, I have you ever watched by any chance um, uh, Garan Lagan? It's, uh, uh, it's an anime series. I don't think so. No, because they they have this whole thing in it that's like like you know how like Naruto has like jutsu and things like that. Yeah. Uh, in Garan Lagan, it's the spiral power. <laughs> so like <laughs> nowadays, when I read Uzumaki, I'm just like, oh yeah, the spiral of power. And the well, empty spirals and the spiral king <laughs> that's interesting interesting though because they said that uh it was it might have been wikipedia or there's something i read about this that it was praised because like, i guess the spiral 
is, or you know, that the 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 spiral related items he referenced are viewed positively in Japanese culture, which is one of the oh. reasons. Like it was, I mean, again, I didn't. I'm not gonna. I didn't dive into that. It was just it's something I read in doing my like you know just contextual research that I guess yeah. like different spiral esque symbols or spirals in Japanese culture are 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 pretty important. So the fact that he subverted it and made it you know so horrifying, which, which is again a, a very Lynchian thing to do. Yeah. Um, like I I remember there's this there's really great interview with uh, David Foster Wallace on uh, Charlie Rose. You can find it on YouTube. And um, I, I only bring this up because Wallace is actually a huge uh, David Lynch fan, and he actually has an essay about uh, Lynch's movie Lost Highway. And Charlie Rose was asking him, like, you know, what do you consider to be Lynchian? And you know, Wallace's answer was like, it, it, it's it's like Jeffrey Dahmer in a way that you open up his refrigerator and you find body parts but there's also milk and you know maybe some cheese that was you know maybe two days past expiration like expiration you know it's it's the uncanny it's the meeting of the normal with the abnormal and realizing that the normal is in fact not normal Mm -hmm. you know and that like that that's what i love about jinji ito you know he has just some of these bizarre ideas um you know i i don't want to spoil uh a ton of them but there's this one in particular uh that's one of his most famous short stories um i think it's called like i always forget the name even though i know it it's like the town of balloons or something like that and it's all about uh this town that becomes haunted by literally these giant balloons that have that that are shaped like the villagers faces and they come in and hang each villager that, like, is the face of that is the face of basically. Huh. It, it's it's the freakiest thing, and yeah. it's just like it, it has no reason for being like like it's it's not like there's some like you know laboratory that made all these balloons. It's it's just like they just appear one day. <laughs> wow, and it's just yeah. Uh, I I just I adore his stuff. Um, he actually has our, um, a new book coming out, and it's it, I guess it's not really like new. It's just more like it's it's been officially like released and translated in English for the first time called uh, Romina. Uh, so I'm psyched. Should be coming out I think December fifteenth. Already got that pre order unlock. Um, so <laughs> you know me. I the only thing I actually haven't. Uh, I don't have of his that is still out is um, it's called uh, Jinji Ito's Cat Diary and apparently it's just kind of like silly it, 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 it's kind of like the end did you read the, the end end of Uzumaki where he's like talking about like you know creating the comic oh yeah yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's kind of like that and it's like all about his cats or something, something like that I also thanks for reminding me about that because also I will say that I didn't I didn't like that as much, honestly. Um, yeah, the... it, 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 it's goofy, you know. Yeah, I it's... think it was just because, like, of all, like, the fucked up horrifying shit I just read from him, and then he, like, tries to take a goofy approach, it's like, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, no. It, it, just, it, it, it was a little, it, it just, I, I think, out of context, like, I don't think I would have minded it, but it's almost like you watch a stand-up comic, um, and then, like, he follows, like, he ends the act just by, like, punting kittens off the stage, and you're like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, dude, like... 
I thought we were having a good time. Like, what's what's, what's happening? Yeah, he, he's having a great time. Yeah, I guess so. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I I totally get you. But like that that cat I guess it's like it's like that's like the whole thing. But it's just like you know, it, it has some really screwy moments in it too, where like he he draws some really really gross cats. Um, you know, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Again, Junji Ito is awesome. Uh, yeah, just read up uh the, i will say the the final thing and, and this isn't yeah um i actually liked the the fact it was uh <laughs> was, was that your phone yeah i accidentally uh what well, 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 what's your phone ring um i don't usually have a i don't know why that the sound was on i accidentally clicked i was trying to google something and i i clicked an ad by accident so <laughs> This is the, the the uber professional podcast that we run, but yeah, I mean, anyway, you you, you can hear me clicking and clacking on my laptop. Yeah. So, yes. um, but I actually liked the uh, the fact that it was it was uh, um, I guess black and white. The fact it was it was done totally in uh, I guess pen or whatever. Yeah, like ink. Know. Yeah, ink. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I I really loved the way that he he or whoever did it whoever colored um the few yeah. the few sections that were colored so as much as i liked the fact that it was you know pure black and white and in a way it just it almost forced him and i don't need to like read into his artistic style it forced him just to make the drawings themselves inherently horrifying so that you couldn't <laughs> re- he couldn't rely on like really like grotesque or like eye popping colors or something like that. Yeah, um, I, I mean the, the, that's kind of standard for like manga, though. Yeah. At the same time, like, I, I, th- I think the only reason I thought about it was just because the the sections that were colored were just really striking. Like I I, I really loved um, the specific way whatever whatever you know whatever he used to color them. I thought they looked really interesting. But I mean, I always think it's it's insane when. When I think about what what it would take to color in a full comic, so <laughs> yeah. I never I never begrudge uh, <laughs> anyone who too chooses I mean, not to take I, that. I, out. I feel like sometimes, like especially when it comes to like um, you know like like the smoke, you know, rising and the face coming out of the smoke. I feel like that almost works better in black and white. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I think that all of it worked super super well um, in black and white, um, mm. but I, I also think that. It would have been cool to see a bit more in color, just because of how I, how cool it was. There's but. probably somebody online who's done like a full color version of it, and bless their soul. Yeah. Oh, they, there are people who are like obsessed, but like, like um, if you ever get into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, they have um, there are people who have just translated like the entire thing up until like the present day in English and colored it. <laughs> wow. It, so we're we're and we're talking about like you know four or five like parts of an ongoing manga basically mm-hmm. so we're talking about you know upwards of like you know i don't know probably like between 50 and 100 chapters each <laughs> for, wow. for like each of those parts so uh it's it's a lot but anyway um this is a lot of podcast if you want to if <laughs> there's there's a segue for you um Let's talk about albums of the week. So, uh, Scoot Magoot, what you got? Yeah, so just uh, making my way through 
um, you know, through the, the latter half of the year, trying to catch up. I mean, definitely, my goal was to hit a thousand albums listed by the end of the year, but that's that's just not gonna happen. I think just the, just my sounds insane. Yeah, my last few months. I mean, I got where am I? I'm just trying to scroll down my list. Uh, I'm at 750 right now, which isn't you know, but there's no way I'm gonna listen to 250 albums in the next month. Um, <laughs> but I've just been trying as best as possible to catch up. I mean, October was really busy with the wedding and honeymoon. Uh, then we you know we, we moved into and are doing stuff with our you know relatively new house. Just adopted a dog. It's just been, yeah, it's been basil. It's, it's been very very busy. Um, so had a really really big listening day actually listening to Aesop and Vicinci for our um, for our last episode helped with this. Uh, and there was a band that I I followed and and have you know always enjoyed and especially enjoyed the preceding project, but. For some reason, this release really stuck with me, and it is the new uh, Yesu album, Terminus. I um, I actually haven't really uh, enjoyed. Paid attention. Uh, <laughs> I've, 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 I can't say I've listened to all of them like super closely, but I have followed all of his stuff up till now. Um, obviously, the the self titled that he released, you know, right after uh, and this is of course Justin Broderick, the self titled album after he. Uh, disbanded god flesh for the first time is just classic it, it was it basically invented the doom gaze genre before that was a, a thing mm. it, it's you essentially it's just like heavy heavy shoegaze like shoegaze mixed with you know industrial elements uh, and uh, doom metal obviously um and i thought conqueror which came out a few years later was basically just amplify the more mel- melodic elements of, of the self-titled but um took it in a pretty interesting direction uh part of me just felt like it both releases were a little long and a little um one note they didn't have as many hooks as they probably should have i never really got into the eps and then the more recent releases uh i think every day i get closer to the light from which i came i thought was was okay um then he released ascension which was okay just everything i've Can heard you do a collaboration with mark Kozlik? Too. which was not good i mean i yeah. also don't i don't like mark Kozlik or sun kill moon but i had hope for that and that wasn't very good so yeah just everything i'd heard up till now i thought was okay wasn't really great but this one um i feel like it took what was great about conqueror what he did well on conqueror and took it you know in a much more catchy engaging direction because i think the the interplay be- between the melody and the catchiness and kind of like almost the poppy hooks and they're just like the he- like the heavy heavy shoegaze driving like doomy um riffs and an overall vibe i think that this is probably the best he's ever done it i mean there's some legit like vocal hooks like some recurring almost chorus elements on these tracks that are just really compelling really creative and i also feel like the tr- is eight tracks um, eyeballing it probably around forty-ish oh, minutes. That's that. That's a that's a good time for yeah, a Yesu I, I album. Mean, I, I might be I might be wrong, but um, yeah, the the Conqueror just Google it real quick is you know was just under an hour. The debut was an hour and fifteen. So I I just I I don't know what clicked on this one. Maybe it was for me. Maybe he just. Uh, because um, I think this is the first thing he's released in a little while. 
if I'm, if I'm I, yeah. I remember like a JK Flesh album coming out yeah. last oh, year. I, I mean, yeah, I meant for for Yesu. I mean, I mean, Broderick, ah, okay. Broderick's always active, but yeah, yeah. Every day I get close to the life from which I came came out in 2013, so it's been you know, he went from releasing something at a pretty pretty regular clip um, to having a big hiatus, doing a bunch of other stuff. Uh, yeah, that Yesu. I remember buying that that Yesu Sun Kill Moon collaboration, <laughs> which honestly musically musically was was pretty cool but i just don't i don't know i don't want to turn like albums of the week into like let's shit on mark kozlik but like i don't <laughs> we, i just don't we, we should we should do a mark kozlik redemption at some point i don't i don't know how much of a redemption it would be i mean <laughs> i mean why I mean, not I, I i've actually never listened to a sun kill moon album in full so um <sighs> i wouldn't mind just like listening to like benji and then like uh like something from red house painters but I, I guess it's worth a shot. We, we we don't have to think about this for a while. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, as someone who's always admired, what um, I mean, I'm a huge Godflesh fan too. Just definitely, definitely, really, really excited about about this album in particular because I I think I think I've I've appreciated the idea of Yesu more than the music itself, and I think it's just because. He, he's too like there's just too much like there's there's too much mm-hmm. music there's you know they're too long it's, there's not enough variety it doesn't lean into you know the hooks that could you know break stuff up and I just feel like this checks all the boxes that I've always it, it manifests the ideas that I've always loved about Yesu so I'm just really excited about it nice man well you know, glad that there's you know something new out there I, I actually kind of want to listen to uh, some Yesu now because I, I remember listening to it when you were like getting really into it, and I just I, I don't think I was like ready for it basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after making a lot of music that's kind of warbly and shoegazy, you know, it's it, it like I, I I feel like I I really want to listen to it now, and I, I think that that will probably change things. Um, you know, make that listen a positive one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, though, my album of the week. Uh, is uh, actually so when I pre-ordered uh, that new Jinji Ito book, uh, you know it wasn't thirty-five dollars, so Bulmos wouldn't give me free shipping, and so you know <laughs> I had to buy something else. Obviously, uh, and so I had still have one album that's still coming. I don't know what's up with it, uh, but I'm not telling you about that yet. But the okay. other one was uh, Rounds by Fortet. Hey, um, nice. Yeah, and so I had never listened to this before. I've always heard good things. Uh, it's always considered like a, a folktronica classic, whatever the fuck that means. Um, One of the worst genre names. Ever. Frankly, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think the only thing that's worse is alternative music. Um, yeah. I mean, at that point, <laughs> but, I guess I'm just so used to it that it, it, you don't realize that it's like, wait a second, alternative to what? Yeah, because like, uh, you say alternative to the mainstream, but I'm like, I don't know, like death metal is alternative to the mainstream. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's like when I, when I think of alt alternative, I always think of like REM, and I, I mean, I guess there was a time when REM wasn't in the mainstream. Yeah, but you know, that that time is long since passed. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I I didn't know what to really expect, though. I really liked uh, there is love in you. Uh, which I bought earlier this year, and mm. which I really adored, and uh, this is just 
no different in terms of my uh, adoration for it. I thought it was just such a beautiful, beautiful album. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, every single track on it, it was just like feel-good music. Uh, and it was just so impeccably done. Uh, just down to the smallest bit. Like, I just I just loved how this thing sounded. And, uh, you know, they, the album uh, that I got actually has like a little bonus, uh, like live uh album in it which i still haven't listened to but you know that's pretty cool um yeah just great album um we might be talking about it next week we'll see uh but until then thanks for listening yeah thanks as always all right bye bye Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod- Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye. Bye.